What's up my podcast listeners and my YouTube subscribers, viewers, everyone who follows my work. What's up? Thank you for listening and watching again. Um, I'm excited about this episode because we are going to go over everything that I do for someone that has shoulder issues from an exercise standpoint. Um, I find that the shoulder joint itself is one of those things that tends to flare up a, a lot, like a lot, especially now. And you know, yeah, my show is called Cut the Shit, Get Fit, but you can't get fit unless you're pain-free. And this is what I've been saying a lot in my show um, most recently, probably the last six months, I've been really hammering out um, like rehab stuff because if you think about it, you know, in a year that you're going to the gym and you want to get healthy, lose fat, gain muscle, whatever it is, you can only do that with, you know, consistency throughout the year. But if you like flare up your low back, if your shoulder hurts, if your knee hurts, you take a few days off of the gym and then you come back, but you don't go at the same intensity and then you don't burn as many calories, you get discouraged. Maybe, you know, a week off of the gym turns into a month. Maybe that month turns into two months and then you got to go right back into it. Your injury starts flaring up again and it's this like vicious cycle. So in my head, I'm like rehab stuff and training specifically around an injury goes hand in hand with this whole fat loss, weight loss um, continuum, if you want to think about it that way. Um, so that being said, I've always kind of educated my personal clients, my online clients that, you know, if your shoulder doesn't act like a shoulder, then it won't be able to do shoulder things, right? Like, you know, an overhead press is an awesome exercise. But if your shoulder joint doesn't work like it's supposed to, then how the hell are you supposed to do this without any kind of compensation, right? So this is kind of the direction this podcast is going to go into is a little bit more about anatomy, how our body works, um, and how that translates to the overall goal of weight loss. Because I've seen it so many times, and like, this is a whole nother topic but you know someone who's like obese someone has like a hundred pounds to lose right they probably have a lot more stress on their joints and now they're expected or like in their mind they're like i really want to get my health in order because like my days are numbered if i'm that heavy because of the medication i'm taking my blood pressure all those other things and now they're going to go into a more stressful environment on their joints along with the extra added weight on it. Like it's a recipe for disaster. So this stuff is super, super important. So let's get into it. Um, the big thing that people need to understand is that the shoulder joint consists, you know, I would, I would categorize it in like three parts. So you have like your glenohumeral joint, like the ball and socket joint. Then you have your scapula. And then I would also categorize like your collarbone, like this stuff that connects all to it. But those are like three parts that allows your shoulder to do all these awesome things for 
movement. And when those three things don't move or are stuck or have had an injury, it prevents the whole shoulder joint to kind of work as this one beautiful symphony thing and things hurt. Um, I would probably start off by saying that primarily what we see at least in my experience, in my clinical experience, um, and in the gym, uh, a lot of people get anterior shoulder pain, like right in the freaking front. And that's due to a couple things. The most major one and the easiest one to um, kind of categorize is our posture, especially now. Like, fuck, the amount of Zoom calls I do every week that makes me sit in front of my laptop fucking sucks. Like, I'm like this all day and when I get um, chiropractic treatment like fuck things pop crack snap like it's crazy and I move daily right so I can only imagine how a regular person feels when they're in front of their computer like 12 hours every single day Monday to Friday and then Saturday Sunday they're just like fuck I don't want to do anything right um, so that being said our posture if you look from the side view if we're here we tend to be here all day and people get tight and then they go to the gym like this and they try to do stuff right and I've made a podcast about the anatomy of the shoulder um, kind of when I first started doing these longer videos so like go back to like episode I want to say 370 something about I think I was talking about like shoulder cars and how like how the glenohumeral joint works Right, so with that being said, if we have this prolonged posture, our nervous system kind of takes over and puts us into that position because it understands that, oh, you've always been in this rounded hunched position, so I'm gonna make you more efficient in that so you don't have to create or con uh, consume, but produce energy to get you there. So I'm gonna keep you there to make it more efficient, but when it comes to movement, our shoulder joint does not like being like this, like being this in this big rounded position. It likes to be centered. It likes to be here, if you think about it. And that allows you to do stuff overhead and out to the side and back behind and do this kind of stuff without any kind of compensation. Like, look at the rest of my body when I do this. Like, there's no movement. This is purely glenohumeral axial rotation. Nothing else is compensating because I work on my shoulder mobility every single day. So when people come to my clinic, to the gym, online, because they've seen my work through Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, the majority of them will have anterior shoulder pain. And there's lots of different ways to attack this. And I wanna share kind of like my thought process, what I get the person working towards, and I'm going to kind of give you the guidelines of what you should be doing in your own program, what you should be avoiding and going from there. So like number one, and this like blows my mind that every time, like I can get like an acute, like and chronic shoulder with anterior shoulder pain nonstop year after year. And then I ask the person, what do you do in the gym? They're like, oh, military press, chin ups, split jerks, overhead snatch. And I'm like... No, no, please, no, <laughs> right? So that's number one, like stay away from anything overhead for at least like two, three months, guaranteed. If you just did that one thing, 
shit was gonna is gonna feel a lot better because if you think about those three things glenohumeral joint your scap and all this stuff here your collarbone if they all work together in unison then doing this stuff is going to be easy but if one thing is not moving the way it should then those other two things are not going to do their job either so now you're getting sheer force and stress into places that don't belong and then you got an alley um so that's my first step is like eliminate the pain factor like that that's the easiest thing like if someone hurt their lower back and they know how they injured it by bending over in a rounded position to go pick up their kid they're gonna try to not do that again right it's like common sense like oh i hurt my back trying to bend over and grab something I'm not going to try to do that again. But for some reason, when it comes to her shoulders, it's like, yeah, every time I press, I get sore the next day. All right, I'm going to go back to the gym and press overhead again. Like, makes no sense to me, right? So um, that being said, number one, eliminate all overhead pressing. But if I had someone who was like, I really want to press, like, that's all I care about in the gym. You got to meet your patient client halfway. So there's really simple tricks that go a long way like i tell this to every patient i work with like it's a small change that gives you like long lasting dividends for joint health so for the shoulder if a person's like no i gotta fucking press like fucking pressing is my thing i'm like sure so say they're a big bench presser an easy thing to do is just start doing floor presses like you can literally do a um, a barbell floor press. You just have to have the rig set up low enough where you can like literally unrack it and then come down to the ground where the elbows touch. So by limiting that range of motion, right, allows you to keep the shoulder joint a little bit more of a neutral position. So if you look at me from the side, say I'm in a bench press position and I'm coming down as past my pecs, like you can already see my the sweater's kind of dark, but you'll get what I'm saying. So as I get past a certain point, like as my elbows are past my uh, shoulder, this shoulder pops forward, right? I get to a certain point where this is going to happen if I go all the way low where the barbell touches my chest. That shoulder's going to pop forward. And what is going to bug anterior shoulder pain? Putting it into a more of <laughs> anterior tilt. Duh, right? So a simple thing is like, okay, well, let's do a floor press. My elbows are going to start stop here. How does my shoulder look? Fine, it's not going spilling forward like I would if I went down to um, my chest with the barbell. But those people that are pressing tend to look like this. Say the average gym goer who's not a gym rat but goes like two to three times a week sits at a desk all day, they're going to look like this, most likely, right? Shoulders forward. Now, with that shoulder forward position, and I'm trying to do bench press, look how faster my shoulder pops forward. And then if I'm going all the way down, like, this doesn't feel good on me, right? That is going to trigger more shit. So it's just finding that depth. Sometimes, like, I'll tell, like, I've worked with powerlifters who've had anterior shoulder pain. We have a lot of work to do, but they have to practice their bench press. It's like, let's do the, uh, okay, I'm losing my thought process of what is it called. You put, like, the two-by-fours or a pad on your chest, and you just eliminate your depth. 
someone in the comments below tell me what I'm trying to say because I'm totally blanking, but that is one way. And then the other one that I always use is something called the landmine press. So if you take the a barbell, a standard 45 pound Olympic barbell, place it into a corner, or if you have a squat rack that has the attachment to slide it in, and now you press on a 45 degree angle, it's not gonna hurt the shoulder. Nine out of 10 times, people are surprised that it doesn't bug them. Like I literally have um, a client that broke their humerus and I gave them a landmine press. They were worried about it. They did, you know, 12 reps with just the barbell and they were like, well, that did not hurt. It's like, yeah, it just puts a shoulder in a better neutral position. And then the fact that I'm pressing single arm, when I get to my end range, my scap now has to stabilize and keep this from falling all over the place, right? So a lot of these exercises are small little tweaks and you can still train. Like I've literally had people with like a rotator cuff tear, like a grade two tear, and they still need to exercise. Like these are the things that help, right? But again, everyone's anatomy is a little bit different. Everyone's issue is a little bit different. So maybe as you're listening to this, watching this, you're like, oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna go to the gym after I watch this, I'm gonna try these two things and they don't fucking work. And you're like, oh fuck you, Raph. Like you don't know shit, but everyone has a different shoulder, right? Um, and when I get questions like this, like, hey, I have this shoulder thing, and like every time I do this, like, what do you think it is? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen your shoulder. I can't give you an answer, right? These are general things that I've done. I've literally had people come see me, and I'm like, you know, it's gonna be this, 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 and we're gonna be good. And it doesn't, it's not even close. And I'm like, fuck, I really gotta think about what I'm gonna do next. But anyway, those two things. If you're like avid, um, an avid presser, I don't know if that's a good term, an avid bench presser, like you need to do that shit. Um, and the other thing too is like, people know that pulling is a good thing for your shoulders. People understand that at least people that have like taken the time to read blogs, watch videos like this, they understand that your push-pull ratio should be like, a two to one at least. And for those who don't understand, what I'm saying is that every time you do a pressing exercise, you should be doing a pulling exercise to counterbalance all the tension and um, stress you're placing on the musculature that allows you to do this. All right, so um, things like T-Rex rows, band pull-aparts, face pulls, dumbbell rows, cable row, like any rowing motion is going to help your shoulder. The more you can pull, the more your shoulder is gonna fall into a more neutral position and it's gonna stay there, right? I don't know how long it takes. Fuck, I have no clue. But guaranteed, if you, like I said earlier, eliminate all pressing overhead and any exercise overhead for three months and then added a shit ton of pulling, like whatever a client is doing right now or you listening right now with shoulder pain, you eliminate like 80% of your pressing and just put in pulling, guaranteed in three months, like you'll be like, oh my God, my shoulder is fixed, guaranteed. But a lot of people don't go down that path and take the time to do that. So those two things already, right? Now, oh, I think this is gonna be a two-parter maybe, but um, those are the exercises that you should be doing. 
Another thing that people tend to forget when I say no overhead pressing or overhead exercises, they'll still do like close grip pull down, lat pull down, fucking chin ups. That's still putting the shoulder in a place that should not be there if you have anterior shoulder pain. Because most of the time those people have overhead mobility like this and now they're gonna grab a bar up top to do a chin up and this is what's gonna look like. You're like feeding the dumpster fire of a shitty shoulder, right? Um, so those are the things that people tend to forget. So now we have like three strategies. <laughs> We're eliminating overhead pressing. We're adding a lot more rowing exercises. And the third one is we're also eliminating any exercise overhead that you don't think of, like close grip pull down, lap pull down. Even though those are pulling exercises, your shoulder still has to go above your head and things can fall apart at that point. So now we have three strategies. Fourth strategy is to actually get more mobility and stability in that shoulder. So the two mobility exercises that I do with fucking everyone, like everyone, like everyone and their mom should be doing these two exercises. Number one, shoulder cars. If your shoulder cannot do this without any kind of compensation, like if you look at my body, like this is purely just my glenohumeral joint in conjunction with my scapula, in conjunction with my um, collarbone working all harmoniously to produce that motion. Every patient, every client that I've worked with, where I give them shoulder cars, it does not look like that. And it should. And it takes time. The compensations that I usually see is as people come up, up top, their elbow breaks, their wrist does a weird thing, and then as they try to go into um, abduction, the trap pops up, and then they don't really know how to actually rotate, go into internal rotation, and they lean away from the tightness and the pain and then they kind of do this weird thing like if I, I see that all the time and i'm like well no shit that when you take a dumbbell and try to press it overhead if your shoulder can't do it's like bare essentials in space and time you have no business in pressing overhead or maybe even pressing in general depending on how bad that shoulder is, right? So when I get someone doing shoulder cars every fucking day, and <laughs> it's so funny because when patients will ask me, how often should I do these rehab exercises? I'm like, a fucking hundred times a day. And they think I'm serious. And like, the joke is like, well, I used to say one time a, a day, but people never ended up doing it. So if I tell them like a hundred, they're like, oh shit, I need to do this a lot. So honestly, the more, the better, right? Like your joints feed off movement. The more you move, like motion is lotion. Like I love that saying, because every time you move that shoulder joint, I'm adding synovial fluid and all these different nutrients and blood flow to the area to help support and build the integrity of the joint. So now we're building that good foundation. So like every freaking day, as much as possible, you want to do shoulder cars. Now, if you don't know what the hell shoulder cars is, go on my YouTube channel and just type in shoulder cars and I have so many different variations that you can choose from. Number two, scapular cars. People have no idea how to move their shoulder blades interdependently from everyone else. Everything else, sorry, not everyone else. 
So I like, like you can do them standing, but I feel like in a quadruped position. So imagine yourself on your hands and knees. So don't worry about my lower body, but my hands are on the ground and like one scapular push-ups, right? Retraction, protraction, retraction, protraction. Pretty simple. But even then I've seen people not able to like retract because they end up like arching their lower back and they think they're doing like cat cow from yoga, but that doesn't really do anything. Um, so the compensation is happening at their lumbar spine, like a lot of things do to make up for range of motion in your shoulder blade. And then I also see people bending at the elbows and they wrists hurt and I'm like, fuck, we have a lot of work to do. And then on top of that, I'm like, okay, after we've done our retraction, protraction with our shoulder blades, now we're gonna go into scapular circles in one direction and then the other direction. 99% of the time when I get a person to do that, they can't. The brain doesn't even know how to comprehend that movement pattern. And I'm like, if your shoulder blade can't move freely when asked to, how is it supposed to move when you're placing a dumbbell over your head? It's not. If that shoulder blade behind you doesn't do these things, right, it won't move, then how is this glenohumeral joint supposed to communicate with that shoulder blade to produce a movement? It won't do it so well. It's going to compensate, and that's where a lot of people get pain. So those two mobility exercises, if I can get a shoulder moving the way it should, shift fixes itself really fast. And then imagine if I was doing those two exercises every single day, multiple times a day, eliminated overhead pressing, um, adjusted my pressing with the landmine and the floor press, and then on top of that, eliminated any kind of pulling exercise overhead, and then also on top of that, did a lot more rowing, face pulls, and all that kind of sweet stuff to get that shoulder moving and grooving, like, your shoulder's fixed. Like, I've literally had patients and clients go to a physio, get a bunch of treatment done, but they don't add that next step of exercise and they just like rely on getting needled, manual therapy and things like that, but they don't make true change. They come to me and then we start working together for three months and they're like, shoulder doesn't hurt. I'm like, who would have thought that doing specific exercises based on your anatomy would be a good thing? shit right um and now two more things that i want to throw in or maybe two more exercises i don't know yet stability our shoulder blade needs to be mobile to be able to move but in order to produce those movements it needs to be stable so a lot of times i think a lot of people forget that the shoulder blade needs to be able to learn how to stabilize. And I'm not talking, I'm gonna grab a TheraBand and do this, and then do this. Like, that's not going to teach my shoulder blade effectively how to stabilize. And I fucking hate seeing rehab programs with that exercise specifically, because it just showcases how far back trainers, kinesiologists are working from, like, Anyway, um, this is where kettlebells work amazingly. So I, like, regardless if someone has shoulder pain or not, I have everyone doing farmer carries. 
So if I had two kettlebells in my hand and I placed them by my side and they were heavy enough that if I fell into this position, it would not feel good. So what's my natural response is to be upright in a more centrated position. And if you remember from my previous episodes that joint centration is safety. Stability is safety for the joint. When I do heavy carries for somebody in their program, their shoulder sets itself. It will stabilize, and I'm also working my rotator cuff muscle specifically to stabilize that shoulder joint. And what does this position look like? A hell of a lot better position than being here all day. So it's like a postural self-correcting exercise where you actually can place heavy weight on an injured shoulder and a person's going to go like, oh shit, I didn't think that this was not going to hurt. Because I've had patients like that where I can see it in their eye. Like I will hand them a 10 kilo kettlebell and they're like, oh, I don't know, that's too heavy. And I'm like, fucking squeeze that handle, break that thing and walk for me. And then they're like, oh, like it doesn't feel that heavy at all. I'm like, no, because you're putting your shoulder in a better position. All right. So um, any kind of carry variation is going to do wonders for the shoulder. And again, if you don't know what carries are, again, go on my YouTube page. I have so many fucking, uh, like videos on, um, what's it called? Uh, kettlebell farmer carries, bombs up carries, waiter carries, rack carries, everything. Carries are gonna do justice for that shoulder. Now the last things, like I, I wanted to do a 30 minute episode, but we're already at 20, almost 26 minutes, but um, kettlebell armbar and Turkish get up. I'm gonna throw those two in. But if I wanted to have like a complete like stability based um, shoulder program, then a farmer carry is going to, not a farmer carry, sorry, an arm bar, kettlebell arm bar is going to do a lot of good stuff. And it also places that shoulder in a neutral position, a centrated position. You're working all those small little intricate muscles that support the shoulder to learn how to stabilize in this position, right? So kinda, I'm gonna try to wrap all this up. So if I took someone with acute chronic, acute and chronic shoulder pain, and I eliminated overhead pressing, eliminated any overhead exercise, gave them a shit ton of pulling exercises that are horizontal, not vertical, um, did some pressing with the landmine and a floor press, did a shit ton of shoulder cars and scapular cars, and then did stability exercises for the shoulder specifically, like any kind of carry variation and the kettlebell arm bar, guaranteed in three months like you can hold me accountable to it but you need to be consistent on doing all those seven things six things i can't remember how many i put up with my hands guaranteed shoulder pain would go away guaranteed from an exercise and movement standpoint again you could have an underlying issue that i have no clue about and you have some weird like diagnosed shoulder condition that no one even understands yet but for the most part i would say like 80 percent of people that i've seen that i've worked with that i've seen in the clinic in the gym and online all those recommendations sorry i keep moving my hair like it's in my eye there's like a one strand um guaranteed 
things are going to move and feel better. The biggest challenge is doing the work. And that goes for everything, right? Um, everything that's worth, worth it in life is going to take time. It's going to take hard work, right? But if you put in the work, like, even if you did the minimum of, like, doing st all the stuff that I said, like, two days a week, because those are the two days you work out, you still are going to feel better, right? Adding more fuel to the fire of doing all the stuff opposite of what I just brought is just going to give you more of a headache and just, it's going to make things worse, right? Um, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to try to, I try to keep it simple because, like, I could have gone in so many different directions of this episode on the shoulder. Um, maybe I can do almost like a presentation style shoulder anatomy episode one of these days. But um, if you have any questions about your shoulder, your injury, what you should be doing in your program, like feel free to reach out, like hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram and like DM me because I will answer you back. Um, and again, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening or watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, like hit the subscribe button because I post new stuff all the time. Um, if you're listening, again, go on my YouTube page and subscribe. Like, thank you guys for actually listening because like almost every week I get a couple more people subscribing. So you guys are listening. Thank you so much. Um, also, if you can, if you are listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, whatever you're listening to like leave me a five-star review so then i can get my podcast in higher search rankings so that we can spread this good information of fitness and health to other people because there's a lot of people out there that you know find my podcast and they're like holy shit like i have so much to catch up on and i'm like we need to keep doing that so thank you guys spread the message spread the love i'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there Till next time, you guys, we'll see you around.